you are listening to The Doctor Who Match Machine, the game show that is all about you. The Doctor Who Match Machine flies through time and space like a space cupid, looking to match up Doctor Who fans with their perfect story from the entire back archive. Which story will you be matched with? Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Let's meet our guest today. We have Kelly. Say hello, Kelly. Hello. Hello. Thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. Happy to be here. I'm glad that you're here. Again, this is the second time we're recording. Um, we had a little technical snafu the first round. but Details. Um, details. Yeah. I'll get it right I think it'll time. be fine. You know, I was on the TARDIS Tavern um uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and the, I had just a, pretty much the exact same experience. But what I found was that when we re-recorded the second time, um, it was actually a better show. So maybe, let me knock on some wood, but maybe that'll be the case for them. Of course it <laughs> will. Maybe we'll, we'll like what we said the second time better. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to the show. Um, so uh, for those of you who are um, pretty new to the show, um, basically what we like to do is um, to meet the contestant to meet the person um before we kind of get into talking about the episode they were matched with so um kelly you got to fill out a little bit of a um somewhat intrusive um match.com style survey oh not intrusive um, at all not too bad it's getting ready to uh regenerate somewhere around the 10th episode we're going to get all new questions and um anyway uh you got the old school question. Will the so questions let's talk. be ginger? What? You said Will the questions be ginger? <laughs> re regenerate. Are the questions going to be ginger? Well, I, I think they want to be. Um, I think that's the, that's the goal, okay. right? What, what would a ginger question look like? Is your favorite color green? Because if you're ginger, <laughs> of course, your favorite color is green. Because that means you're Irish? Because redheads look really great in green. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Go funny. look at howtobearedhead.com. That's like the first thing. Is that is that a site? Is that a real site? Yes, it's a real thing. Oh my gosh, I need to go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, right after we're done here, I'm going to go pull that up. Um, well, let's chat a little bit about a couple of the questions that you answered. Um, one of the questions is about um, what you used to do when you were in high school or college and participation wise, like what kinds of clubs or whatever activities that you were in. Okay. 
Am I supposed to answer this right now? Yeah, go um, ahead. So high school, I pretty much did everything that I could because I really hated being at home. So if oh, I was uh, you in know what? You a club, then uh, I wasn't at home. So I did choir. I did mm-hmm. speech and debate. I did mm-hmm. theater. And I was a cheerleader. So that meant that during both basketball and football season, uh, my Friday nights were booked. And then with speech and debate, weekends were good. And then, of course, I had practices and all that. So I did pretty much a little bit of everything and hung out with a little bit of everybody, um, especially with speech and debate, as you know. Um, you know I do kids know. Kids are kind of all over the place when it comes to speech and debate. Yeah, lots of different types and styles of personalities. Yes. Um, you know, the, when, when we met, when we first met, it was in college, and you were a cheerleader for the... Um, university that we both went to. And I had a very different impression of you, I think, because I have a predisposition to just assuming that people are a certain way. Like I like to stick people in boxes, which I, I try really hard to fight against that um, tendency, but I think we all have some of that to some extent. And I think just because the very first time I ever met you, like we, we picked you up from cheerleading practice, you were in your cheerleaders uniform, you know, you looked banging, you know, but I was like, <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, I weighed this... like 90 pounds back then, so. Dang. You know, uh, you and um, our friend Terry both were working out, I don't know how many times a week together, and that, I was just like. Those practices, well, they were four hours long, and half of it was weight training, and that was seriously like the best shape I've been in in my life. Mm, um, I, I need to I, get to I would do that workout again, but it was two hours long, and I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> right? Who has the time? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um. So I guess I just had a, an image in my mind that you were just going to be some, I, I don't know, just some terror stereotypical some kind of, it, well, <laughs> no, um, yeah, sort of. So I just, um, was very pleased as time kind of went by and we hung out more and I was like, wow, you know, this chick, she's definitely not like that kind of a person. She's um, just really down to earth and you like to read and we had a lot in common. So um, I just appreciated that um, in terms of our friendship. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that that... when people meet me and find out that I was a cheerleader, they're always very surprised by that. Um, I kind of, the way I got into cheerleading, like in middle school, I tried like every team sport possible. I tried out for basketball, I did softball, I did volleyball, and I was terrible at all of them. I was so bad. And I tried <laughs> so hard, but I was still so bad. Um, so when ninth grade rolled around um you know a lot of people that I knew were trying out for cheerleading and at my school like the popular kids were not the cheerleaders like they were the ones who played softball and volleyball and maybe that's why I was so bad at those sports but um because I was in there with the popular (laughs) girls who didn't really like me so I tried out for cheerleading and it was just like really like I found my like I felt like it was my place and um, I hadn't planned on doing it in college, but, uh, you know, the opportunity came up and they offered me not a huge scholarship, but, you know, enough to pay for a class or two. So I was like, sure, why not? Um, and I did it for two years and then transferred to somewhere that was cheaper. <laughs> yeah, and, which I totally 100% understand. Um, 
Well, what did you end up doing for a career? Um, if you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So it's funny enough when I transferred from the school where I was a cheerleader to the school that I ended up graduating from, um, I started out as an education major and did my first practicum with teaching and realized that I really didn't like kids, um, (laughs) high school kids specifically. Uh Even though I really wasn't that far removed from being a high school kid, I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. And parents were awful. So I was like, I don't think this is the career for me. So when I switched schools, I also switched majors um, to creative writing, which is also a field where there's not a whole lot of opportunity, especially in the Midwest. Um, So I took a minor in marketing because I figured it was the only way I was going to have a marketable career, like the only way that I would be able to sell myself. Um, But then my senior year of of college, I got an internship doing technical writing, which is basically uh, like writing manuals. Um, So I ended up doing technical writing for 10 years, started out with like user doc and ended up going super technical and doing developer documentation for APIs and whatnot. And now I do quality assurance. So I'm a software tester by day and I still write books by night. Um, haven't given up on that creative writing, but, uh, that only happens when my, uh, two children allow me to do it. So it's mm-hmm. a very slow process, but it but is it's amazing. It is. <laughs> yeah. And you're a great writer. Um, you've published a, a couple of books already. Yes, I have published And you're and findable on Amazon, so I'll link that, you know, um, in the show notes. Thank you so um, much. You're welcome. And uh, and you also are, um, are a mommy, right? I am a mom. I have two 15-month-old daughters. They are identical twins. And right now they are sleeping, knock on wood. And um, keep you crazy busy, which is good yeah. and bad, right? Yeah, it is. They're very sweet. I um I have uh, twin boys in my life. Um, they're my grandsons. It's a long story. Um, and they're six. And I just sort of remember when they were young and just kind of being in awe of my daughter and just like I I was like I I don't even know how you do this because I would take care of them for an evening, and I would be just here you go. <laughs> take them back because they're very sweet, but I don't have the energy for this. So good for you. Good on you. They take a lot out of me. What, tell me what is your favorite? Are they why you're drinking? (laughs) That should be some kind of a, um, um, like a A picturing a meme. Yeah. Like a t-shirt or (laughs) like a coffee mug or something. An ad on Facebook, you know, here's, I saw a meme this week that was like, um, well, it's not, not um, rec- rec- recommended. You can. It's not illegal to call your uh, toddler an asshole. And people were saying, "Oh God, I would never say that." And I'm like, "Whatever." I've referred to my toddlers. They're, they're not even toddling yet. They're just trying to walk as assholes many times. I wouldn't say it to their parents, <laughs> but I have definitely referred to them as assholes because they're <laughs> they were acting like assholes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it's not the same, but I, I, I do call my cats assholes kind of quite a lot because they <laughs> because just they act are. that way sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes they're just jerks. <laughs> um, okay. Well, another question that you got asked on here was about your favorite. Uh, let's see. What is your favorite movie? So tell my, me about your favorite movie. My favorite movie is Tron. It was made the same year I was born, um, 1982. 
it's a mm-hmm. Disney movie, um, which is very out of character for me. I'm not really. I a Disney never person. knew that that was a Disney it movie. Is, it is a Disney movie. Um, wow. But um, it's all about this computer system that becomes sentient and ends up taking over um, human beings. And the human beings end up being trapped inside this computer system. Anyway, it all sounded very far-fetched, um, you know, for 1982, but you watch it now and it's like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Um, and it's also like visually a really fun movie. Um, and it's short because as you know, uh, I think all movies are way too long. Yeah. You said that before. Where did we see, see that most recently? Oh, somebody put a um a We were talking on about what? And they said, yes. About uh Yeah. Uh unpopular Wonder opinions. Woman. Yeah, we were I talking was saying about that Wonder I Woman, loved yeah. it, but I thought it was uh-huh. too long. Yeah, and I I concur. I I loved Wonder Woman and I love that movie. But I actually share your opinion of movies and the time it takes to sit through one in the movie theater. I prefer to really watch them at home yeah, so that I can multitask. Too. You know, I, I need to be able to do something else. Well, I, that may be part of my ADHD, but <laughs> yeah, or just like I have stuff I have to do. I have to pull up, you know, my computer and annotate some studies for my dissertation or, you know, whatever. I have to I have a very, very limited hours in the day to yeah. get done all of the things that I've subscribed myself to getting done. So. And you don't want to spend them sitting in a theater. No. And you know, my husband Chris loves movies and he loves to go to the theater and he's so patient with me. And you know, he, I would really love to go with him more, but I just, I, I have to be the kind of horrible person that says, I love you. Um, go with my brother, you know, or go with oh. your friend because and me, I, I'm, I'm I just like, can't okay, make it happen today. Go by yourself. Because, yeah, I mean, he doesn't care. <laughs> He'll go by himself. He's a grown up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and But I do try. I, I mean, I try to make the to effort do. to go if when I can. he goes by but... himself, I don't have to hire a sitter. If I, you know, if we do go to a movie together, you know, it's the first night out that we have in God knows how long. And yeah, we're just going to sit in a theater and not talk to each other and pay someone to watch our children while we're sitting in <laughs> right. the theater. Right, right. We're lucky we don't have that added kind of um, challenge. Um, of the child, but I, I totally get where you're going with that. Um, okay, well, so the Doctor Who Match Machine um, kind of took all of your questions, the ones that we just talked about and more, and spun them around and um, kind of spit out its decision as far as a perfect match from you and an episode of Doctor Who. And it matched you with Bad Wolf. It did. Which is a Christopher, yes, Christopher Eccleston era um episode and it is actually a one of a two-parter and it is sort of towards the end it's right there at the end of his um era yes so what were your initial thoughts when you got matched up with this episode i was surprised that it matched me with bad wolf um for two reasons i had talked about like what my favorite uh doctor who i think the survey asked like what your favorite doctor who episodes were and um i mentioned that my favorites um like blink is a favorite i forget the name of the episode the one with all of the elo songs is a favorite the empty child is love a and favorite. monsters yeah um, mm-hmm. uh the runaway bride is a favorite and mm-hmm. most of those are my favorite because they're standalone episodes that don't require me to invest in like an entire series or to know what's going on they call them series in the uk um season whatever you want to you know call it right um, right 
And especially and you prefer your episodes the, uh, that way. You don't you don't like to watch the ones that are like in an arc. I like them, but I feel like the ones that are more standalone are like a breath of fresh air, um, and I don't have to like, you know, remember anything that happened in that episode for the next one. I can just enjoy mm-hmm. it for what it is and move on. Um, and especially like when it got to uh, the season with with River Song and the Pandorica and all that, like I felt so lost because you had to pay such close attention to what was going on. Um, and there weren't a lot of standalone episodes. So Bad Wolf mm-hmm. is uh, about as serial as they come because it's at the end um, of the, the season and Bad Wolf has appeared throughout the entire season. So I was surprised oh, that, yeah. um, that I was picked for that, re- that it picked me for that reason. And then also I was surprised because this episode is all about reality TV and I absolutely hate reality TV. So <laughs> reality TV is not your thing. Not oh, at that's all. That's funny. Um, Have you watched any episode, any reality like, like... Don't, uh, in the episode? They don't really um, like they kind of make fun of reality TV, so I can appreciate it for that. But it was uh-huh. a little funny to me that. This was my match. I think that this this episode is more. It's not so much endorsing reality TV no, as it is saying like the opposite of that. It's saying reality yeah. TV is actually that it, it's it's the worst, right? It's going it's, somewhere. It's one of those things. That, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, have you watched any reality TV that you? It's been you know, a really um, long time. Yeah. Only, Did you ever watch? Let's see, what was it? The The I Real World the wasn't that the first one. TV show I watched. If I'm in a hotel and have cable, because I don't have cable, um, uh-huh. and it's a Thursday night, I will watch all of the stupid wedding shows, like Say Yes to the oh, Dress like, on yes, TLC. Yes. Uh-huh. That's as close as I get. And there was one <laughs> reality show called... I don't know, dude, that even count? Does that even count as a reality? I guess it's, I don't it's reality TV, but it's not just a... I guess they were doing something like that with John Barrowman anyway. Because they were doing a makeover yes. show. It's kind of like a makeover show. It was kind of like yeah. a makeover show. And then, that like... Counts. I don't know. If HGTV is on, I'll kind of uh-huh. watch it. But man, those shows are all the same. Yeah, I feel like anytime I watch one of those episodes um, where they're shopping for a house, it's it, it could be a rerun from another one that I watched two years ago yes. or something. Yeah, Our budget is $850,000. <laughs> and we're looking for a one-bedroom in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then somehow they find they find something, you know. Yes. Um, that uh, you know, I I like it when they go in there and they're like, I'm um I'm a stay at home mom, and then the de- the guy is like, yes, I uh, I'm a photographer, you know, or something that's not you know that this is not making them millions of dollars. Yeah. And then their budget is crazy, crazy a lot. You know, they end up buying like a multi million dollar mansion, and they're like, what do you where where did they your money come from? This is crazy. Yeah. Just, um, what do they call those trust fund kids or something, you know, on these shows? Nuts. Ugh. Anyway, so, um, well, so then we haven't got to talk yet about the, the new doctor. We talked quite a bit about the, the new doctor and the choice for the new doctor. And the reason that I bring her up is because um, you talked about your standalone episodes versus your ones with like a really big series right. arc and all of the kind of things. 
And I have no idea if they're going to be doing that in the new series. I was wondering if you had any um, speculations. I don't know. I, th- about I think how that's going to go because it's a new writer too. Like Stephen Moffat's not coming back. Right. Well, he's out, so it's a new showrunner, like a producer uh, person that's kind of in charge of it. I suppose um, that's true. So Stephen, he could still back and come back and write because Russell T Davies still writes yeah. some episodes too. Right. And um, Stephen Moffat wrote, he wrote some of the episodes during his era, but he, there was a right. lot of episodes that he brought in other writers. And so I don't think I'm Chris Chibnall is necessarily going to be writing all of it. But Yeah. I'm always surprised when I look at some of the people who've written some of the episodes, because it's like all over mm-hmm. the place. Like Neil Gaiman's written some episodes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, so. in the um, in the classic series, you had Douglas Adams. Um, he, yes. He penned a couple of them. And uh, in the new series, yes, there there are um, names that are pretty well known to yeah. people who really follow that kind of thing. And then, you know, you get brand new writers on the scene. I kind of like that it's so diverse, but it does make the show, like, very unpredictable that you yes. just don't really know what you're going to get when you tune in. I think there will definitely be an arc of some kind. Maybe it won't be as long as convoluted as, like, the River Song arc. Um uh-huh. But I think there will be a fair amount of standalone episodes as well. Um, I'm more interested. I'm, I'm really curious about what they do with the companion now that it's a woman. Do they have a woman companion? Do they have a male companion? Do they have a robot companion? Um, oh, I thought about that, that um, idea of doing a robot the other day. Because as you know, um, I am more of a fan of the companions that don't have the romance arc than the ones that do yeah and i'm the other way i really like to have that um you love romance but i I, I believe i'm in the minority <laughs> of that yeah pretty much everybody i've ever had on the show has said no the doctor should not be romantic with a companion and i mean i get that's a very popular opinion but i'm i'm actually going to go ahead and stand firm on my decisions there and say no no i love it when they they are romantic but that's okay. That's okay. Um, that's all right. Well, we talked for quite a bit in our first recording of this about um, the casting of Jodie Whittaker and, you know, what our thoughts and feelings were. This is actually going to be the first podcast that I put out since um, she was cast and released officially um, to the public. Um, what what thoughts do you have on the idea of um, the doctor changing into a woman? Um, as far as not to put you on the spot there, but yeah, um, I kind of feel the same way about the casting of this new doctor as I felt about the casting of every doctor that I've paid attention to. It's like, oh, cool. There's someone new. Um, part of me is like, yay, it's a woman. But then I wouldn't feel that way if it were just any woman. Um, I feel like they made a deliberate choice and chose wisely with Jodie Whittaker, just having seen her um, on Broadchurch, I think she's really talented. Um, I think she'll bring a lot to the role. Um, she's still not ginger, so there's that. Um, Dang. But, uh, you know, like, I didn't really feel butthurt when they um, cast Capaldi, even though he's old. I didn't feel butthurt when they cast Matt Smith, even though he's really young. It's just kind of like, you know, let's. this is just... You know, it's who they cast. It's not like I can change it. So what's the point of getting Right. I've mentioned that before on here. It's like, what you know, we're consumers of this thing. It's not like 
if we're going to throw a big fit, that it's going to change anything. This is just a thing that we consume. And so we have to kind of sit and and take what they feed us. But um, I'm, I was actually very happy and just, um, you know, of course, you know, I'm a feminist and I, it, it, for me, it was very um, obviously good for me from those grounds. You know, Um, I just was really, really happy in terms of just, the fact that the girl kind of gets to play on the playground now, like, thank you for sharing. Now we can try. It's like our turn yeah. to do it, you know? And, and I um, I'm I appreciated really glad that. that, that they chose to do it um, in an authentic way instead of just paying lip service to, okay, fine. We'll cast a woman. And yes, you know, just, it seems like they're random. being right. They're being pretty careful with it, which I appreciate. Um, and I hope that the writing will reflect that. Um, and you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the comic relief special. Uh, do you know anything about that? No. So Stephen Moffat back in the nineties wrote a special for comic relief. It was like, I don't know, um, a half an hour or so. And it was, um, just a bunch of comedians that were doing a play on Dr. Who. So like who, whoever that guy is, Rowan Atkinson plays Bean. He was in it and, and it was just kind of a bunch of famous, um, British comedians. And I heard that um, he was tapped to be the doctor when they cast Christopher Eccleston. um, Yeah, you know, kind of in between. Okay. Yeah, because he he was the doctor in this comic release special. And so, like, kind of in between the movie and the reboot in 2005. (laughs) Yeah, they just... um, So what I I didn't care for was that that kept coming up after um, Jodie Whittaker got cast because... Um, in the comic release special, at the very end of all of the regenerations, the doctor regenerates into a woman, and it's played off like a total joke. Um, I, and I get it. I mean, that that was the point of the special, and it worked within that special. It really did. It because was it was cute. Campy. It was funny because it was campy, and it was Joanna Lumley, and she grabs her boobs, and she you know talks about how her bumps are like the Dalek bumps and stuff. And it's I mean, it was totally played for laughs, which is fine. But it was like, you know, when uh, Kelly, you taught me on, on Facebook, never go look at the comments, right? Yeah, never read never, the comments. Never read the comments. I don't know why I didn't listen to your advice, but when she was cast, Jodie Whitaker was cast. I just went to the comments. I shouldn't have done it, but I was very frustrated because it seemed like, you know, all of the top comments were just, um, grown men throwing big baby fits. Um, Haters gonna and, hate. Yeah, but they were being really actually kind of misogynistic, you know, like, oh, she's gonna pilot the TARDIS, you know, um, badly, or she's going to, you know, oh, is they're there to turn it into a kitchen because women belong yeah. in the kitchen. They were really, really bad. And then below that, there were a few people who were like, oh, this is great, it's amazing, you know, they had good comments. And then, and then the some of the good comments coming from men were like, oh, well, if, you know, this isn't the first female doctor. Joanna Lumley was the first female doctor. And I hope that they do a bit where she grabs her boobs and talks about Dalek bumps. And like, I was like, really? You know, like, you're gross. Um, you're gross. People are and gross. I hope, people are gross. And I hope very, very much in the new series that, you know, and I, you're right. I mean, I, I can't control this by even speculating, but I just hope that it's not played for laughs. I hope that they are... Going to I continue mean, Jodie Whittaker is not time. a campy character. Um, I don't. So there's a. I've never seen her a in a sh- campy role. I've only seen her in pretty serious roles. 
There is one that she was in that a lot of people talk about, um, and I'm going to see if I can think of it uh, or pull it up at least while we're sitting here. Um, Attack the Block is the name of it. And a lot of people have talked about that as a, it's genre, you know, it's sci-fi, but it's it's very much in the vein of um, like Shaun of the Dead, um, kind of funny sci-fi. And so I, I'd like to see her in that, but I, I'm afraid I've seen too, too much with her before I see her as the doctor, because I don't want to get an impression in my head before I really watch her, you know? That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, and I so we got kind I mean, of off, I didn't have off a, topic there, but... I probably know more about Jodie Whittaker from previous roles than I did about any other doctor. Because, like, I didn't... I mean, I love David Tennant. He's my favorite doctor, but I hadn't seen any of his Shakespeare until I knew that he was the doctor. Um, I didn't know who he was before he was the doctor. Um, so, and I only knew Peter Capaldi because he had been in an episode of Doctor Who before, but that was one episode. So I didn't really have a lot mm-hmm. to go off of. So, right. you know, I'm going to reserve judgment. I'm glad that, you know, they're changing it up. Yeah. And I think it's good to change it up, but I'm glad that they're I not just changing it up for the sake of doing it. Um, I'm glad that they were deliberate about their choice and that they did it in an authentic way and chose somebody right. who can, uh, you know, be true to the role of the doctor. Because it's a complicated role. It's a tough one to play. <laughs> yes. Well said. And if they're going to do it, I mean, if not now, when? The timing's really good right now. Right. So, you know, if not now, then, you know, it, then it seems like there's not really a very good reason to say no right now. This is a really good time to do it. So, um, so I'm glad that they did. Yeah. That's excellent. I mean. Well, so do you, do you, you have a chance to go be back? around forever. So, you know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, well, we got way off topic there. Um, you, you had a chance to go see uh, to see Bad Wolf. I did, and um, to catch up with it. Did you Did you have to watch both episodes? Or I watched them both. Episodes? I watched Bad Wolf on a flight because what else are you going to do on a flight? And uh-huh. when I got done with it, I was like, okay, I, I. It had been a really long time since I saw Bad Wolf, and I had forgotten that it was a two-parter. So I was like, okay, I have to watch the second part. So um, Mm -hmm. I watched it during nap time one day. During nap time. (laughs) Sometimes it's nap time when I'm watching Doctor Who, too, but it's my nap time. Oh, my kid's nap (laughs) time. Especially when I'm watching old series. Oh. Although I might have to pause it halfway through and nap a little myself. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Um, okay. Well, um, is this a, overall a good episode? Do you like it? Or is this one that you were like, eh, you know, take it or leave it? I enjoy it. You... It, it. It's interesting because it starts out so campy with the amnesia and waking up on Satellite 5, which um, Satellite 5 makes an appearance earlier in the series. So it's not a new thing. Um, but they show up there and they're on these reality shows, and it's so campy, but it turns really dark really fast um, Uh when they figure, oh, these people aren't just contestants. They are uh, going to die. And then it's, you know, you find out that the Daleks have been playing this long game for, you know, I guess since the Time War? Is that right? Um, Yeah, I can't remember how long that they... Well, it was 100 years since the... 
the doctor had visited Satellite 5 before, and um, that was when um, kind of everything changed. But when so that I happened, we had that... no idea that the Daleks were behind it. Oh, okay. I don't think. Is that right? Right, exactly. Okay. So, because the, in, the, in the first episode that he had visited um, Satellite 5, you know, he had gone in and there was a, I don't know, like a goo monster on the ceiling, and he had defeated that. It's been a while since I've seen it, too. And uh, when he defeated that goo monster or whatever, um, then Satellite 5 stopped broadcasting um, because they were broadcasting, like, news and whatever. Right. So they kind of stopped broadcasting, and they then the, uh, all the other planets that they were broadcasting to, particularly Earth, were like, well, um, you know, what do we do now? We, there's no news. There's no nothing. There's no, no incoming information. Yeah. yeah. And, and so then they just... Network do when there's nothing to program. They make up a bunch of reality shows because they're cheap to produce. That's right. That's right. Super cheap. Just pull um, people from from Earth. I, I, they didn't talk about how long it had been since they started killing their contestants. I would be interested to see how that like evolved. But um, anyway, we had um, Linda with a Y, Linda with on a this y. show. Linda with a Y. Are you a fan of Linda with a Y? Not a fan? I'm kind of neutral on Linda with a Y. Um, I thought she, you know, as far as she plays the whole reality TV star well, like she wants to do well and she wants to be well liked, um, you know, by the people back on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you could know, be, she, she could be on The Bachelor, right? Yes, she could be on The Bachelor. Um you know, she ends up helping the doctor, uh, and she doesn't... She's kind of flirts with him a little bit in some ways. I, I perceived that she was flirting with him and that he was flirting back, and that this was going to be a potential, um, you know, companion for the future for him, or a companion oh, after I romance, even. I, I thought that it was just kind of innocent flirtation, like camera flirtation. Yeah? Like she it may just be my, like... Drama. Um, in it's, order to it, stay on camera yes. more. Okay. Well, I hadn't considered it in that light. I, I was just thinking maybe it's my predilection to, you know, um, to a, a doctor romance. That just might just be my thing. But um, I really saw, you know, it, I was interpreting, you know, even one moment where he was kind of leaning in, maybe going to, you know, lean in for a kiss or something. But it was like um, – stopped you know or no maybe they were just shaking hands and they weren't really sure what to do it was awkward it's really cute you know but um i at that point the very first time i ever watched through the season i do very clearly remember going what the hell because he likes rose like what the hell is this about <laughs> why are you flirting with this girl like you just met her rose is but in rose the other room like we'll get rose uh at this point is she Still with Mickey or not? Yeah, she's still uh, with, with Mickey in Bad Wolf. And I forget if it's in Bad Wolf or the next episode. The doctor actually sends her back to Earth to keep her safe because the Daleks come back um, and there's this, you know, giant Dalek fleet that's going to destroy everything because that's what Daleks mm -hmm. do. Um, uh -huh. And that was one thing that I really liked about this episode. I talked about it before, how... Um, in some episodes of Doctor Who, the Daleks kind of come across as a campy uh, villain. And I understand that, you know, they can be yeah. campy because 
it has a plunger on one, you know, <laughs> it's your toilet it. plunger. But yeah, in the original series, like they were supposed to be these absolutely terrifying, destructive creatures. So these mutant Daleks that are part human, or they are part human, right? Uh, no, they're part. Um, oh gosh, what's the name of that species? They're they're like a humanoid species. Um, the Collids is what they they were, and then they. Um, they were like a humanoid species that got into some radiation and then they kind of mutated right. and then they got um davros like built these things for them to go into that. yeah <laughs> yeah that yeah um like in this episode like when you find out at the end that it's the daleks that are behind it um like it's really terrifying like it will it kind of sent chills down my spine like oh shit the doctor is screwed um, yes, the, and there were so many of them. There's so many of them, and all yeah. they care, and they don't all they care about is destruction. Um, so, I really what liked I liked that, was that the Daleks weren't treated as this, you know, can't be villain. Like they were treated like the terrifying beings that they were meant to be, who destroyed the Time Lords during the Time War. Yeah, I well put. Um, I, I liked that there were so many of them. Um, I think that uh, the only other episode in this season, in this series, that we had seen the Daleks, and this is the reboot series, you know, so um, everybody was kind of waiting for the Daleks to make an appearance again. Well, so we have that episode Dalek, but there was just one, and the whole episode was just that one Dalek. So this is really the first time in the reboot that we get to see, you know, the full force and the terror of how how many Daleks can we put on the screen at one time yes. and um, use the CGI to kind of full effect. And it was, it was awesome. All those ships up there and um, all those Daleks just kind of flying around. It yeah. was very, very cool. Yeah. It's a really great image. Um, but the doctor sends Rose back to earth to protect her and you know, her mom's there and I love her mom. She's like one of my favorite characters from, from this. Jackie uh, Tyler. Yeah. Jackie is uh-huh. amazing. I love Jackie. Um, she's yes. so neurotic and so mom-like. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a moment, I forget if it's in this one or in A Parting of the Ways, the next episode, where Mickey and Rose and Jackie are having breakfast in like a diner. And Rose uh-huh. is like, I have to get back to the doctor. I don't know what to do now. And Jackie's like, no, you need to stay here and be safe. And Rose is like, how can I, you know, live a normal life after everything that I've done and everything that I've seen? Like, what am I supposed to do? Get up every day and go to work and do it all over again the next day? And Jackie's like, yeah, it's what we do. And it's yeah. just like knife through the heart. <laughs> like, oh my God. I love that. Yeah. Good enough for the most of us. Like, what's what's your problem? Yeah. You know, um, I got to meet Camille Kaduri, the, the actress that plays Jackie Tyler. I... I I'm just going to name drop and throw that out there because I'm so happy that I actually got the opportunity to meet her for a few minutes at a convention a few years ago. And her personality in real life is very, very similar actually to Jackie. So it might've just been that we were at a convention and she was playing at a little bit, but she was so sweet. And it just felt like, you know, when you watched her be interviewed on stage and stuff like that, that just all of that just sort of came out that Jackie Tyler energy um, she's hilarious. Yeah. The closest I've gotten is I met Stephen Moffat at South by Southwest and got a picture. Did you really? Yeah. You did get a picture with yeah. him? Kelly, I didn't know that. Yeah, I have it somewhere. 
um, we got like we, we waited in line for literally like an hour and a half, which is a long time by South by Southwest standards. Um, mm-hmm. And but it was a lot of fun. And we got to meet Stephen Moffat and his wife. And we got to ask him one question. And my husband asked him if he was going to be bringing the Time Wars into uh, the new series. I forget which series was new at the time. This was years ago. Um, uh-huh. And he was like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. But yeah, he, he was very British. He just. Yes. Well, he's Scottish, I think. OK. Very. Yes. But he's. um. Yeah, I think that that was he the guy that yeah he would have been the guy that wrote the 50th anniversary special where where it was like oh yes. here's the time war, and then yeah I think he was talking a lot at that time about how this was not going to be something that was going to be revisited you know yeah. it was going to be one of those like um Gal- okay Gallifrey's going to go back going to go away now and we're not going to see Gallifrey again because um, but then of course they brought it back for a couple of episodes in Capaldi's era but that's another story. Yes. Yes. Because Stephen Moffat just can't um, commit, you know. <laughs> That's just classic yeah. Moffat. Can't kill anybody off. Can't no. Commit. Got it. Um, That's right. And he That's doesn't right. kill Linda off. Linda with a Y. Yeah, doesn't Linda he? Linda with a Y. She dies at the end? I forget if she actually dies or not. Do they? Well, the Daleks get her. That's right. Yes. She does end up yeah. being disintegrated. For yeah, because otherwise she, she would have gone in the TARDIS. Time, it's not yeah. for real. The first time is not for real, and when Rose gets um, disintegrated, when she's on the show with the android, um, yes, she that's not for the real. She link. she's like teleported. Yeah. Yes. What show was that? The android um, that they were. It was the weakest link. Yes, the weakest link. Did you ever watch that show? Like no, I um, in real life, I remember no. it being a thing. Is it still a thing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I always got it confused with, um, what's the other one? Who wants to be a millionaire? Yes. Those two uh, shows are so similar They're to me similar. that I just, yeah, yeah I, I think I watched the millionaire show quite a bit when it was very first on and kind of popular. I don't think I ever watched The Weakest Link. Um, I never watched ever. it. I'm not a, like... I really like game shows from, like, the 70s, but I don't like game shows now. Mm-hmm. Like, I love to watch, um, like, Family Feud, like, during the, uh, oh, shit, what's his name? Oh. The Richard Dawson era? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the new guy is not your cup of tea, huh? Yeah, I just wouldn't watch it, like, now. Like, it's not Steve appealing to me. Um, we have an over-the-air channel because, again, we, we don't have cable. We have an over-the-air channel that just shows all these game shows from the 70s and 80s. And it is the most entertaining thing ever. Um, just for, like, the ads. Because they, like, run ads for all these avocado-colored appliances and, like, Nair. Like, all kinds of, you know, crazy shit that I remember having growing up. Um, that sounds amazing. What is this called? It's an over-the-air channel? It's called channel? Buzzer. B-U-Z-Z-R. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Yeah, it's awesome. Some kind of a techie gadget that I need to look into? Well, we just have, like, for over-the-air channels, we have one of those, I guess it's a converter box? No. Okay. Some kind of tuner that lets us get over-the-air channels so that we can, like, watch the news and stuff. 
Oh, it's like your local yeah. channels. Oh, I see. And there's a you have a local channel that shows like old stuff. It's I don't know how it works. Anyway, that's that's, that's interesting. Um, but that's very off topic. But you caught my interest. But yeah. the other shows that they have are more of like your standard reality show because they have Big Brother, uh-huh. and then Captain Jack gets mostly naked on a. Well, he gets all naked, but we don't get to see all of it. Um, on a, yeah, it's some kind of um ultimate makeover type show. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. I wish that they would bring Captain Jack back. I love, I love every bit of his um, acting on the show. His time. Yeah, he's um, fantastic. So good. Yeah, maybe they'll bring him back with uh, Jodie Whittaker. Maybe he is pansexual. That'd be great. So. Yeah. So that'll work great, and that'll that'll satisfy my need for that's what some can. Um, romantic sparks. Yes. So I mean, the hilarious. captain could sleep with Nigel, and it would be within canon. <laughs> that was his name, right? Um, Nigel. What? The the companion, not Bill, but the guy in this last. Oh no! You're thinking of Nardole. Nardole. Okay. He must have played with a guy Bill? named Nigel on another thing. He's oh, you might be of thinking things. of, like, Little Britain or something like that. Yeah, he's been in a lot of things. But yes. The doctor could sleep with that guy funny. and it would be canon, is what I'm saying. Oh. Um, I don't, yes. I, although I don't know if that's something that I would like. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody I don't, would like that. I don't think of Nardole that way. No. Uh, they gave a little romantic uh, spoiler alert if you haven't watched the finale, season finale, but they gave a little bit of a, a nod to that, to, to Nardole in the season finale, where there was a, a lady there that was really interested in him and was like, I'll try anything once, you know. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, that's not how we've seen Nardole in the series at all, but sure, just throw in there some sexy time for Nardole, that'd be great. <laughs> it's kind of off. It's a little weird. Well, let me ask you a question. Um, if you went on a date with this episode, how do you think that that date would end? Um, hmm. I think, well, it would definitely feel unfinished because it's a two-parter. Um, so mm-hmm. I would definitely have to, uh, have a second date, uh, just to see how it goes. And I don't know. It's been so long since I've been on a date. <laughs> well, you'd come back for seconds, right? I'd come back Are for you gonna... seconds because this is, again, a two-parter. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, hopefully sometime Apparently you will come. the lowest, it had the lowest viewership this for the series, that episode had the lowest viewership in the UK. Did it? Yeah. Oh, I'm I looking wonder at, why. I'm looking at data. You know I love to look at stats and data. Yeah, spreadsheets um, and data yes. for you. Um, I wonder why. Um, the first was, episode, maybe it was up against something. or eight million viewers. The last episode, mm-hmm. by the last episode, it was 6.9 million viewers. So they lost 4 huh. million viewers throughout the season. And Bad Wolf only had 6.8 million, and it was the lowest rated. 
of the series. I hear on um, some Doctor Who podcasts that I listen to, you know, go go over these numbers on a pretty regular basis, and I always wonder when I hear that, you know, are they capturing the number of people that are watching this? Like, like I subscribe on Amazon Prime. Um, I actually Probably get a season not. pass. Yeah, and so I don't get to see it until the next day. This just says the UK. And yes, they definitely can track the number of people who download and stream the episode um, on an online platform, such as Amazon. Or like iTunes. I know a lot of people that get it on iTunes. Um, Yeah, so I feel like they should maybe not rely on those so much because I I have a a hunch that the the Doctor Who viewing audience probably the, a big, big portion of it is streaming, you know, um, streaming the show and not just catching it live, you know, on yeah. BBC or BBC America. Just for us. Yeah, we stream yeah. it. The only time we ever well, you watch know, live is, like, uh, the first episode of the series. Yeah. Because we have some friends who have cable and we'll go watch it at their place. I specifically got cable two years in a row just for this Doctor Who season. Why? Like I specific- That's such a rip-off. Well, because I was playing around with different... Well, and, you know, it was Doctor Who season during those times, and it was football season, and my husband likes football. And uh, we were just kind of playing around with different things as far as trying to figure out, okay, what's what's the best approach here, like, m- money-wise, you know. We do sling TV and so, for football. We did sling last year, um, and we didn't didn't care for it. So he has a like an NFL season pass, and what anyway? Long story short, the the cable thing didn't work out. So I do the Amazon Prime thing now, and then um, I don't know what he's going to do this season for football. We have an antenna, and he's got his NFL season pass. So see, we just um, just college because I'm I'm done with the NFL. <laughs> it's so hard with. As a feminist, table. it's too hard. It's a, <laughs> too, it's hard. too hard. How, how is that? How is that? It's Why just, is that? It's all garbage humans. And, you know, they're making all this money. And especially now that um, uh, that Michael Vick is on the coaching staff for the Chiefs, I just, I'm out. I can't do it. Oh, the NFL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'll still have you the know, fantasy team, but I'm not going to watch. Wow. I don't know that um, I would have guessed that about you, but, you know, Chris is so, so into it. He's into NFL like I'm into um, Dr. Who. So, I, you know, to be supportive to him, I, I watch a little bit so that I can at least engage in some conversation with him about it. I don't I have a team I prefer so, yeah. or, you know. Yeah, well, college. See, I, I'm kind of the opposite. I've never watched college. I don't have any interest in it. I really don't don't have a ton of interest in NFL. But I, I again, it's just because I care for him and I want to kind of you know interact with him. Some do these things because um, we love you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, um, but cable such a is such a hard thing to do because the the packages that they give you, you know, it's like you can get this package, which is the sports package, but then if I want to add BBC America to it, I have to get this other package too. It just ends up being crazy expensive. So anybody out there know better options, do let me know. I'm always interested. Um, I had a friend hook us up with um, a way to, to stream some some Doctor Who's, um, but uh, any any other ideas, just let me know. Yeah, my husband. All right. 
gets the episodes however he gets them and I don't ask questions. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, sometimes it just kind of comes down to that. I had my um, son-in-law come over when I really, really wanted the, um, what do you call them? The, um, oh gosh, you know, the early episodes of the really early, like first and second doctor ones that are um, yeah. lost episodes. The lost um, episodes. Well, my they, husband has those and they're like, yes, they're just stills of the, like they're basically screenshots that people, right. that fans, you know, collected. And then there's, yes, there's uh, a comp- the there was like a a group they called themselves Loose Cannon that did those. They are um, hard to and watch. They're, they are very hard to watch. But if you want to watch straight through from the very first episode to the very last and not really miss anything in between, then that's the only way you're going to be able to do it is to watch it. the the and my watched all of the first because uh, Eccleston's Doctor Nine is that right? Uh huh. Yeah. My husband watched all of the first eight doctors, bef- uh, in advance of the Eccleston series starting, so he was, um, like watching like a madman, just like because it's wow. a lot of, it's a ton of, it, yeah, <laughs> just it's weeks and weeks of just yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it was, crazy. It was months, so you yeah, know, I would tune in every now and then. Um, but he would like try to watch it in our bedroom and I'd be like, you're going to have to take that elsewhere during the whole uh, <laughs> part about the, that just, you know, the last episodes because man, they were, it's hard yeah, to find. They're, and the audio isn't I, great. Every time I get, and I watch through probably once a year, I watch through the entire series, including all of those. And this, That's I've been doing this for a few years now. Yeah. And every time I get to the third doctor's, like the very first third doctor episode, I just cheer because that's at that point, I don't have to do that anymore because we have all of those episodes. I'm like, yay, no more. So, but anyway, with the loose cannons, they're, they're impossible to get legally. You like, I have looked everywhere. You can't, you can't buy them anywhere. You can't even download them anywhere. There's some shitty like YouTube stuff style sites where you can kind of stream them but even that they're super buggy and they're full of ads and they kind of pop ups and virus and all that stuff so yeah you know i hate that but i just one day i just kind of had my son-in-law come over and it was like hey um if i just open my computer (laughs) and just let it happen because i'm very very much a person of like i'm gonna pay for it i don't do things that are illegal but i was like there's literally no other way for me to get this so i have them now um, and we won't say how I have them, but I have them and, uh, whenever we'll I have to, to go through that mess again, I, I, I understand that BritBox, are you familiar with BritBox? No. So BritBox is like Netflix, but they just have British shows. Okay. And they have the entire back library of Doctor Who that's available, um, on BritBox, which is great. But they probably it's don't all the, the lost episodes. They have all the classic stuff, and so what they're doing, they were just uh, talking about it at a panel at, uh, I guess, San Diego Comic-Con, is that now they're doing their own version of those loose canon ones so that they can have something like that on their site, you know, they can, so people can actually legally get, watch it, you know. Got it. So um, they just released, um, oh gosh, I don't know, Wheel in Space, I guess, is the first one that they were working on. It's a second Doctor one. So that's. If you're a BritBox person, you might kind of watch for that. But anyway, um, we are running close to the end of time here. So I just want to say thank you for coming on. And uh, any last thoughts? 
Um, Rose, I know she's one of your favorite companions. She is not <laughs> one of my, my favorite companions. But I think that the more I watch her, the more I like her. It had been a really long time since I watched Rose. And when I watched her the first time, I thought, you know, she's just kind of this lovesick girl who has a good thing going with Mickey, but she decides that she's in love with the doctor and then the doctor regenerates and she stays with him. Um, so she really kind of bothered me at the time, but yeah. going back and watching her again, um, you know, I kind of like her. And apparently Billy Piper was like a pop star. Yeah. She was like a Britney Spears type. Um, in Europe, I guess. I, I only knew that after after I Well, I only knew that through. from Wikipedia. Yeah. So um Yeah. So I, I, I find her personality. If you have a, a, a chance to watch like some of her like YouTube um music <laughs> videos, uh they're hilarious. But um yeah, she's she's sweet. I think she's a, a character that grows on you. You know, over time you can appreciate more and more, you know, how strong of a personality that she has. You know, when you first see her you think she's me. kind of a the what? The brown roots. She oh, the, has oh, crazy well, brown yeah. roots and like black eyebrows, but super blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. And, like, and, and you're on TV. And in, in most episodes, shit. and in most episodes, her mascara is just a hot mess. But um, yes, yes. But I, you know what? I think that in some ways that kind of makes her real too. Which I, I, I don't know if that's a bad thing. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not one of those who's gonna resort to physical attacks on a fellow female. Uh, it's okay not to like things. It's okay not to like things. Um, but it was more her personality that bothered me than the way she looked. Yeah, the way I, she, well, I think when the I... The way any of the companions looked has never bothered me. Yeah. I thought Clara's think, skin was too perfect because it was too perfect. Yeah, they, they uh, definitely airbrushed her, I think. Um, and you can't convince me otherwise because there's no way... Her skin um, is so perfect. Right. Crazy. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank and uh, hopefully once uh, once our um, match machine regenerates, you'll come on again, maybe. Um, sure. You'll be invited back for sure. Very good. All right. Well, we'll chat soon. And uh, thanks to you guys for listening. You have been listening to the Doctor Who Match Machine, the game show that is all about you. Thank you for listening. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes, and we appreciate your reviews. Have questions or suggestions? You can join the interactive Doctor Who Match Machine Club on Facebook. Just use the search feature for the Facebook group and ask to join. Thank you to Time Dominus for the use of their track, DW8Bit. No copyright infringement is intended.